Welcome, guys. Uh, it's Bob, Spike, and Joe. Today, the 30th of June, it is episode number... 46? No, 56. Sorry. 56. Yeah. It's all right. If only the coronavirus totals could head in the same direction as your... Well, I hear they're about as accurate as that last exchange, so... You know. Do you? Well, eh, you know, it's funny. They're, yeah, I, I love conspiracy theorists because they just it's you know cheaper than cable TV. Yes, yes. But um, these, you know, oh, they're doing this and they're getting paid a cash bounty for every case they report as corona, so they're fudging the numbers and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh my good By Lord the way, almighty. on that note, I'm friends with Bill Gates. Is any, anyone else friends with Bill Gates? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm actually his friend. And, but a whole bunch of people, I guess Bill is, Bill's account on Facebook is polluted because he lets anybody be his friends. So all of the conspiracy theorists who think that he is creating a vaccine to plant a microchip in us and track us all, those people post. And I get, hey, here's someone who posted on Bill Gates's page. And every time I get one of them, I report it to the admins as hate, hate speech. And they say, thank you for reporting this. We'll let them know. And I'm like, doesn't Bill Gates do anything about this? Well, they say you pick the fights that you that are worth fighting, right? I guess, but I was like, I signed up to get Bill Gates posts because he's a real. And maybe I'm on a fake Bill. Is am I on a fake Bill Gates? <laughs> well, there's there. You may be on his fan site, or else is you know like uh, where yeah, a million people can be on there. The way the original Facebook worked is. You get to have 5,000 friends. They figure if anybody has more than 5,000 friends, they really don't. Yeah. Uh, so so they cut those off at 5,000, but you can make a site like Bill's site, his official site, and you could have a million people on there. That's no. probably the one you're on. Yeah, maybe. Or it might be not the real Bill Gates because I was on a Louis C.K. page once. And it, which it turned out not to be Louis C.K. It was some guy pretending to be Louis C.K. Who enjoyed uh -huh. having people dress him down and call him a jerk. And this guy was that's, loving every minute of it. That's, that's the troll, buddy. That's what a troll does. Yeah. And, and the way you know is if you're on the real Bill Gates page or the real Louis C.K. page is there will be a little blue check mark to let you know that it's been uh, vetted and it's official. Oh, because I can open, I can start a Louis C.K. page right now. I mean, mm. there is no control at all on that sort of stuff. But but to have the official uh, verified blue check mark means you're the real mm. deal. Can I ask I a question about trolls? Um, sure. If trolls are that horrible type of person that trolls for you by ticking you off. How come there's a children's movie where trolls are the most wonderful little Furbies that there are, and they're called trolls too, right? 
trolls are Norwegian in legend, right? Is that the origin, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Yeah, and trolls have been a part of, you know, fantasy lore for centuries. But are they good the, or the, bad? On the internet, they're bad. Well, a little bit of both. You in know, the there's kids trolls movie, under the bridge. And delicious, but only to are, monsters. Yeah, yeah I, I think remember there's... The, go ahead there, Spike. Uh, the, the, the troll under the bridge from, what's that, um, Brothers Grimm, right, or whatever? Uh, I mean, there's there's obviously been bad trolls, but they can be cute, too. Okay. So they're like humans. There's good ones and bad ones. Well, we've lost that word, you know, to the to the political arena. Oh. Oh. It's a shame. Because it's troll. Like, wasn't a troll something that stood under the bridge and collected a toll from you before you could go across or it would eat you, right? Is that yes. the Monty Python troll? That's Yeah, that's pretty true to the origin. And now the guy who made the troll movie for kids. Have you seen those? You guys must have seen them. I haven't seen them lately. I know there's a there's a pretty new one out. I know yeah. which ones you're talking about. It's really good. <laughs> and I, I think my, luckily my kids are too old for that. Yeah, but the older you get, by the way, eventually you have to go out and buy diapers and start watching children's movies again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get grandkids and yes, that's something that's you right. can do with them. I should have probably brought up the diapers. That was a bit of an overshare. <laughs> no, I thought they're for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh the, yeah, uh, and I, for the grandchildren. <laughs> Wait, and I think I think the word troll almost comes from the fishing sense of trolling. You're out trolling for oh, reaction. Yeah. So you know. Oh, you're so, exactly right. I hadn't thought of that. Right. Know, Maybe it has like, nothing to do with the little furry uh, kids things, or even the guy under the bridge. Right. But Trollers they, but, are they're trolling yeah. to try to to, to hook to, you to, to hook you. Yes. With a fake lure. Exactly. But they call you a troll though, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I like to research that more. I, I you know, we should be teaching this stuff in school. Uh, who needs to know about George Washington? And let's rip all those old statues down and let's start. Let's pretend history started with the internet. No comments. Okay. So, so we have a we have a good show tonight. Uh, I know you have some stuff you want to talk about, Spike, in the beginning, and that's good. I'm going to sort of try to be a supporting role. Joe, I want to hear what you're up to. And then uh, a little bit, uh, maybe about 30 minutes from now, uh, we're going to have Sean Alexander, our attorney uh, consultant who's been on our show for many years, has now set up so that he can join us with Studio Quality. Uh, and he, has, he wants to say a bunch of things about uh, the, how business has changed during this uh, coronavirus thing and make some predictions. And he's, he's got a pretty good viewpoint about a lot of stuff that I don't even think big enough about. And then we have a dear friend, a personal friend, as well as a friend of the show named Chuck Opperman, whom you may have seen posted on Facebook, has COVID-19. He's in Florida. And by the way, Joe, he loved your joke that the first mistake you made was moving to Florida. He totally <laughs> loved it. Uh, he followed the rules, but others didn't. He and his girlfriend have contracted the, the virus. Oh, seriously, her too? And yeah, and his, fortunately, his son did not. So his son and mom, Anthea, who were close to all these I am close to all these people, and you know them pretty well. But, and he texted me this morning and he said, if you want me to come on on the podcast tonight, I will. And, and I, I feel like it's a kind of support he wants. So I said, sure. Uh, but he's not only in the hospital, 
His blood oxygen has been declining. And he's facing possible going on a ventilator within the next couple of days. Jesus. So, uh, and yet, he's one of the most positive spirits I know. So, um, uh, I have mixed feelings about this. Part of me said, no, you should just rest. But I also know that this this gives him uh, and all the support he's been getting online, too. It has been making him feel good about fighting it. So, uh, anyway, that's what's coming up. In the meantime, we'll start off with you, Spike. What's going on? Well, let me give Joe a minute to say anything, any burning desires, because I'm really going to take over. You're going to take here. over? Sure. No, go yeah, ahead. Sure. I'm, I'm, I don't have any burning desires, to be honest with you, okay. so go ahead. Um, I, I found out this weekend that I don't have COVID-19. You got tested. Um, I got tested. And by the way, that's a whole other 45, 50 minute show because that is the worst thing I have ever been through in my life. Mm. Um, the test for coronavirus. Remember when we used to voluntarily shove things over our, up our noses? Long time. <laughs> yeah, well, imagine taking a whole McDonald's straw mm. and shoving that whole thing up. I mean, this, they literally scratch the back of your brain. I've never felt anything like that in my life. The next morning, I had a, a like, I blew my nose and got the most blood I've ever seen come out of my nose. And I was in the 80s in Baltimore. And we did a lot of, you know. Yeah. Um, that's the good news. I don't have COVID-19. The bad news is why I got tested. Oh. Um, I spent the weekend at the ICU. Um, I had a heart attack Saturday. Oh. Yeah. You sound great. I'm home. You're ticking. I'm home. Um, so, and as we all know from the show's history, this is not my first bout with a coronary roulette as I've played my life. Right. Um, yeah, Saturday morning, I, uh, Melissa and I were trying to make a ferry out of Edmonds. And since we're, our rental house is three minutes from the ferry dock, we cut it as close it's as we could. It's easier to make a ferry in other neighborhoods, you know. <laughs> I, Edmonds, I, they're hard to spot. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say, I was trying to make a ferry out of paper mache as for a school project or something. I didn't realize you were talking about a boat. When you say make a ferry, I don't live in, in Washington anymore, so my first thoughts are, and, and you finally uh, coming out on as a Yeah, what you need is the blood of a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, under the age of nine. I, first off. I, first I still off. had trolls on the brain, so I was thinking ferries. So possible yeah first all off, right. i'm so sorry that this happened to you but i'm extremely happy that you're able to tell it yeah with thanks. with full uh energy and uh, and i, I don't want to steal the end of the, sh the story but spoiler alert you're here <laughs> i pulled through yeah so and and, um, and what I, is had, the, I had tell tell us more i had a, i had a myocardial infarction that's what they call it that's mm -hmm. i had a heart attack when, when, when I had my heart issues during our show's run, about eight years ago, they found blockage and I went in for testing and they did a stress test and an echogram, whatever, EKG, um, electrocardiogram and an echo, you know, they did all the things and they found blockage. And they went in and they cleared the blockage. It was a preventive move based on uh, following symptoms and making an assessment and doing the necessary preventive procedures. Mm. Well, this time I didn't get the luxury of a warning i got chest pains shortness of breath um cold sweats i was an absolute dick to melissa's piping from the other room totally. oh. i was an absolute dick to her um we tried to make this ferry boat and we missed the ferry by like two minutes 
which is and you know, I know how frustrating I'm gonna, that I'm is. Gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead to the story. No, that has to be me, a blessing that you weren't on a boat. I, I would have been having a heart attack on a Washington yeah, State Ferry. And you would have someone would have been like Gilligan, Skipper, Marianne. Does anybody know what to do? Well, we were going to go to a, a, a we're going to go to a camping trip with some friends at a cabin on a lake, just for the weekend, and we decided when we missed the boat, we're going to drive around. And you know, in the ten minutes after we missed that boat, that we were starting to drive around, I we we stopped to collect mail from our house, which we're still not back into yet, but it's close. And I wasn't doing well, and I told Melissa, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a, like I'm having a mild heart attack. And she's like, well, get in, we're going to the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. let me just let this, let this pass. I'm, I'm, you know, my one last chance to be extremely stupid. And I said, no, I'm okay, I just need a minute. I said, you know, just give me a damn minute, I'm, you know. She's like, okay, you don't, we don't have to go. She said, I'll, I'll call an ambulance. She's like, either way, whether I drive you or we call an ambulance, you're going to the hospital. And we drove to Northwest Medical Center. And in the 12 minutes it took us to drive from the house to the, amb- to the hospital, I could, barely, I could barely breathe. It was all I could do to draw breath. Mm-hmm. And I walked to the emergency room and they, you know, I told them, I walked in the door and said, I'm having a heart attack. And they did, you know, we'll get the paperwork later. They brought me in, they took my temperature, they strapped me to an EKG thing to my chest. Um, they put me in an emergency room. They gave me a couple um, quick medications. And 20 minutes later, I was in the catheter uh, arena, I guess is what they call it there. They didn't have to crack me open, luckily. Um, and I was conscious for the entire 45 minute procedure. Um, but before, before they wheeled me in, it got, it got worse and worse and worse as I was lying in the, one of the emergency rooms, one of the treatment rooms. It got to the point where I asked them for oxygen because I couldn't, I couldn't draw breath in anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was all I could do to just, it was a fight to draw breath in. Um, they found an artery that was 100% blocked. It was not my first rodeo in that arena, as we all remembered. Mm. Um, but the doctor spent 45 minutes putting two stents in and uh, opening the blockage. And then they sent me in the uh, the ICU for two days and checked all my vitals and monitored me, and they responded really well. And uh, I lived to tell another day. So wait a minute. So you didn't have to have surgery. They didn't have to crack me open. You didn't have to do the David Letterman, Larry King. No, yeah, there wasn't a wasn't a bypass moment. It was just just blockage. Just blockage. So a, yeah. a stent. Yeah, a stent. A stent. S T E S T E N T. It's um, you know the little coffee straws. A stent straws is what we a, had twenty five years stint. Twenty five years, <laughs> a yeah. brief stint <laughs> of notoriety. Um, so what what they do and that's same what same they did last time for me. Um, I keep referencing that moment, but you know, apparently, I didn't learn the first time. Hopefully, I'll learn the second time. Well, what didn't you learn? To to not eat like I'm 22. Oh, oh, well, to get off the couch and exercise, and instead of driving my dog to the dog park every morning to watch her run around, maybe I should walk my dog. You drive your you dog know, the to fa- the dog park. Yeah. And how far well, she, is she's, that? She, it, it's it's a good 20 minute, 15 minute drive from oh, here, yeah, yeah. from the rental house. Right. I could walk her there from home. Um. You know, but she's she wins a lot of races at the dog park. You know, she's doing good. She's yeah, the she's biggest breadwinner in the family. And right while now, she's so doing that, baby. what do you do? Sit on the bench. <laughs> yeah, um, I throw a ball and she brings it back, and I throw a ball and she brings it back. You know, she's got me trained pretty good. So, all right, I'm shocked, Joe. 
So that means you're good for like another 20,000 miles now. They got new stuff <laughs> in you, right? Well, I mean, no, that's well, I know the, does that I, the mean way he this works. Have to exercise or eat right that's, for a while. Well, that's, he's got a well, that's, how the, that's how I treat the first one. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the it, name, and away well, goes blockage down the drain. It, it means he's he's clear for now, but clear yeah, if you, yeah, if you do the same old stuff, then it's going to come back. Right. First of all, yeah, it's great yeah. that yeah. to be alive. I mean, it's uh, you know, I've obviously haven't ever been in that situation, but I know it can go one of two ways, and it can go really quickly, very badly, and you've drawn your last breath, or you get the blessing of a second chance, and then just by the way you're describing it, it amazes me that you can go into a heart without even having to go into a body they basically went through like did they go through oh, yeah. your throat how did how did they how did they penetrate to get the stents in there's a there's a, a, an opening on my wrist that looks like a mosquito bite and that's where they went in and they ran a catheter up my um, artery from my wrist into my heart they do that with a camera it's a long long optic line and they look to see what they'll see. And when they find what they find, they can then, they run a balloon up that catheter line. Right. And they use that balloon to open up the, the blocked artery. Hold on, I got a theme music going here. It's called Born to be Alive. You familiar with this song, right? Born. Born. <laughs> I was like, what, what the hell is this? Here we all, all together. Born to be alive. Uh, who is this, the village so, people? As soon as you said that, I thought, <laughs> I remember a song called Born to be Alive. Uh, this version is Patrick Hernandez, and uh, you know that's the amazing thing about the internet. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn it off. Uh, oh, well, uh, yeah. Because this they, is they, the sucky part about getting old. By the way, yeah. is that it is a lottery, and well, you know, y yes, yes, it is, and everybody has a different set of DNA and genetics and. All those are contributing factors. Joe is, is comes from start, stout Joe, stock. Joe, I, I tell you what, Joe, if I had your relatives that live as old as your family, I would, I would enjoy beer again. I would, I would do anything just to, you know. I'm in my family. No one makes it out past seventy usually. So. Yeah, mine mine are pretty old living, but I'm I'm obviously this is a it is happening to spike and not me, but it's a wake up call for me too because you can only play with fire for so long before you get burned. And everything Spike just said about maybe I should get out of the chair and walk, maybe I should not eat like a twenty two year old. You were listening to all that. Well, yeah, because that is that's me, and even worse now that uh, when school went virtual, I sat more than ever. I mean, I used to at least have to go and run all around the school every day. Chase I have those been, kids. I am at an all time high on weight right Are now. You really? In fact, yeah, I've got a doctor's appointment, and I'm not going to turn this around about me because, as far as I know, I'm healthy. Well, it makes but makes me feel better. How much do you weigh? Uh, a lot. It's more all about than, making Spike feel better at this point. Well, let me say this. It's not in the 200s anymore, so uh, and it's not in the 100s, so you can do the math from there. The 400s? Uh, 
No, it's not in the forehead. I'm just trying to make you feel. I see my job is to make everybody feel better. As as of as of this morning, I weigh 302 pounds, and I don't believe the scale is accurate. I think it's a little on the high side, at least. Yeah, you're you're the coronavirus count. still, I'm I'm easily 100 pounds overweight, and 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 it's it's only a matter of when. I mean. Uh, my yes, I have great genes, and I have the blessing of uh, pretty healthy parents on both sides. But that doesn't give you carte blanche to, you know, totally ignore everything. So I am taking a step. I'm I'm starting with a new doctor that's never seen me before, and just to see what he says. I'm going to go in in two weeks, and I'm just going to pretend like everything's great. By and, the way, when you we'll said see. you have great genes, it sort of reminds me of this current white power scandal that's going on. Uh, there was a protest, and there's a fantastic meme. It's a picture of a bunch of white people protesting, mm-hmm. and they have a sign. You, okay, you, you can call them Republicans. It's okay. You can call them Republicans. I, I, I don't know what they are. Anyway. <laughs> What's the Trump they, sticker tell you? They, uh, well, they have MAGA hats on, and they do say Trump 2020. <laughs> but anyway, it says, uh, white power, we have better genes and it's spelled J E A N S. Awesome. Just fantastic. Yeah, so, so, so you've got good the, genes too, Joe. The other part, though, you said was don't uh, ignore the paperwork. Get him right in there. I am a little concerned because you haven't had uh, gainful employment for a while. What's your insurance situation like? And I mean, do you got health insurance to cover this? This sounds like a hundred thousand dollar trip to the doctor. Oh. Well, luckily, um, and I've done this, you know, we, this has been a tough couple of years for Melissa and I, it's been a tough road, but I have never missed an insurance payment. I've never missed a mortgage payment. Um, and we had, luckily we had homeowners insurance for the fire we had in March. Mm, that's and right. you know, I was, I had to ride the Cobra for 18 months after oh, iHeartRadio decided I was, wasn't worth you, the coin you they were paying You guys could be me. looking for used tents on Craigslist if you hadn't done all of that. So oh, I know. And cheers. well, our Cobra expired in January and we went on the, um, the Washington health exchange right. and found, found pretty decent coverage. It's expensive. You know, but it you've is, done but all your homework. Yeah. You didn't let anything lapse. No, I didn't. Nothing. So yeah, we thank you for asking. I appreciate that. We no, do have insurance. Awesome. There's still going to be a, a hefty, my share of this and we'll deal with that when we do, as we deal with that, we'll find a way to, you know, to, to make it happen. They'll let you, they'll let you take your time. Well, you know, uh, I don't know how much. Uh, well, according to the doctor, that's up to me how much time I have left. Yeah. My segue back into the story. So, um, as all this right, guy back stood to the, the story. This guy stood at the, this so guy stood at the end of my stent. bed this morning. Yeah, you have yeah. a stent. I have seven now. But how many did you have before? Five. So you got two stents yeah. that cleared out the artery. Right. Are you on some medication also? Today and every day for the rest of my life, and that like length Lipitor of time is entirely up to like me. That. Yeah, I have got a. I'll have a, um, a blood pressure med. I'll have a cholesterol med. Right. I'll have a blood thinner. I'll have something that doesn't let your blood clot in a in a stent. This nurse came in and gave me a real a yeah. real rudimentary one on one what this is doing in terms I could understand and why it's important to take. Mm. I need to confess at this point that not only have I let myself go physically from a motivational standpoint, but I stopped taking my heart meds about a year and a half ago. Why? Because it was a financial decision at the time, and yeah. I felt fine. You know, but the doctor looked at me, he looked me in the There's eyes a song this morning. Called, I feel fine. Hold on, let me bring yeah. it up. <laughs> no, can you find the Donna song? Not Donna Summer, but her sister Beth Summer. She's a great person. Um, the doctor said, you know, look, um, 
your life is entirely in your hands now. He goes, he goes, this wasn't an incident. This is the rest of your life. This condition you have is the rest of your life. And for you to make the most of that and be where you need to be for the people you need to be there for, you've got to do what it takes every day of your life. <laughs> I do feel I feel loved and blessed. I do feel fine. Baby's <laughs> good to me, you know she's happy as can be, you know she said so. I'm in love with her and I feel fine. No, it's not really. You know, it's about funny. A little condition. sidebar, real quick sidebar. Yeah. As I was lying in the recovery room, I turned on the TV and um, "Hard Days Night" had just started, and I think that's from Help. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I watched the oh, Hard oh, Days Night. Oh, it was Night. a whole separate movie. There's two movies actually. Help. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Hard yeah, Days yeah, Night. yeah, yeah. I know because I, I saw to, them I at a drive-in movie. theater. Who knew that a drive-in theater would be a modern invention that we need to bring back? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's coming back. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at now. I've you know I literally I had a had a you know a wake up sledgehammer to the chest. By the this way, weekend. this is all a wake up call for me, you guys too, because when I was hanging out with all this Lyme disease crap and I'm getting good treatment for it now, I didn't exercise for like a year and a half, and now I'm back to running up the mountain, uh, but I've still got to dump about 15 pounds and inside and it's raining for three days in a row right now i'm like well i can't exercise but right around the corner from my podcast studio is the pre-core treadmill that i had some <laughs> old guy, dusty we call it old dusty we, we hauled it into this house and i said well as i get older it's gonna be really nice to have that sitting right there and it looks beautiful and every once in a while we dust it by getting on it and running around that's the end of the story no we don't do okay. <laughs> but but you know it's for everybody what you're talking about is everybody first off america runs on duncan <laughs> i'm gonna use my one word if we want to avoid becoming a shithole country then we've got to start being more honest with ourselves the whole country's got to be honest with themselves. all of us we uh we are so entitled we get so much we have such a high quality standard of living, so much better than so much of the rest of the world, but we, we allow ourselves to be controlled by and sold stuff. We're consumers and we don't really research or have a healthy skepticism about being smart about, especially about what we put into our bodies. Um, you know, food, especially like, you know who your hero is, um, Bill Maher, right? Politically incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard about his diet? No, I was listening I, to I, him. I, it was a rerun of an interview he did with Howard Stern, which is just one of the most spectacular interviews I've ever heard. And Bill Maher is like, he don't want to die. He says, being this age, he's 63 or 64 by now. He said, it's the greatest time in the world to be alive, except you'll be dead soon. Other than that, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, and his re reasoning was, we've grown old enough now to not let the little stuff bother us as much as it used to. Like we all know life comes with its ups and downs. And if you get mad at someone, now you go, do I really want to create a whole thing where I just stay mad? And most of us go, nah. And we are nostalgic. We love our old friends. And um, and by the way, the brain scientist John Medina, in his book, says nostalgia it keeps you alive. 
it's actually scientifically proven that nostalgia, that's why I think some of the listeners are enjoying this podcast. It's like we're the fountain of youth for these people. So, but that, that's an interesting perspective and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Is, it, is it nostalgia for doing what you know has worked that keeps you alive or is it it's drawing relive, comfort from no, pleasant memories? It's reliving the things that juiced you up throughout your life, whether it's music you heard in your 20s, whether it's the Grateful Dead for you, Joe, or Springsteen for me, Springsteen for yeah. you, or the Beatles for me. Uh, th that itself is, and it's funny because there's so many tonics out there, there's so many uh, supplements and vitamins that don't do anything except to create expensive urine, but there's actual brain science on this. And this stuff, the people who get a healthy dose of great relationships with people, especially old friends and nostalgia, live longer. Well, that's funny because nostalgia seems to be what's killing this country at the same time. How? To make America great again? Oh, Harken that, back to some fanciful yeah. interpretation of when America was great, when, when corporations were taxed at 90%. Okay, so here's the thing. When, oh, when African-Americans couldn't right now, eat where you ate. What you're doing right now? Yeah. Shortens your life. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Oh my God! Time, time. It's, I, I got to say this. Yeah. So I'm talking. I'm talking to the the technician from the from the surgical room from the catheter lab. Mm. Okay. He came up this morning to check on me, and he's got me. You know, and I and I met this guy 30 years ago when he was a sports photographer for the UW. He was doing that while he was while he was still in school. Mm. Bill, thank you, Bill. He held my hand when this thing went went through the surgery. Literally, I mean, I was it was the scariest thing I've ever felt in my life. And Bill held my hand when we did this. So he's up in the room this morning, and we, we, we start talking about, you know, changing lives and the, the transition that my family's going through and the economy, and it turns to and turns to Trump. And as it does, the heart monitor that's monitoring my, my, <laughs> yes, my, my heart, yes. it's just beep, beep, yeah. beep, it's a beep. I mean, nurses start yeah. running in the room because my heart rate is going through the roof because we started talking politics. Yeah, and, and, and incidentally, um, it's a tactic that's used on you, and it's used on both sides, by both sides, and it's, there isn't one side that's right and one side that's wrong. We're meant to have a balance between these competing ideologies. Uh, Democrats, uh, liberals, if you want to call yourself that, uh, are concerned with a safety net. They care about human beings who are left behind. They want to make sure that everyone is loved individually. Republicans care about a healthy economy and big businesses and they want to make sure that businesses are encouraged in a way that creates jobs for everybody and they believe that you have to work hard for what you get but deep down most decent people when they know other people and they have a relationship with them they also believe in a balance between both of those ideals that's not what politics does politics divides you into one side or the other and never notice that neither side ever focuses in an election on anything other than knocking down the other side. So when I get upset about that stuff and I play devil's advocate, and by the way, I have my little friends I play devil's advocate to, and I have my conservative friends I play devil's advocate to, and everybody thinks I'm on the other side because they can't fathom the idea that I'm not. But really what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only it's just thing. Just a little of, yeah, yeah. That's what's the rest of that. <laughs> just a little of. <laughs> My mom's all-time favorite artist, by the way, Dionne Warwick. Is that right? Yeah, Burt Backrack and Dionne Warwick. Mm. That's 
It's great stuff. What the world needs now. I just said that to Siri and bitch didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes she puts the artificial like on artificial intelligence, doesn't Mrs. she? <laughs> Mrs. Now, um, sometimes it's just easier to uh, type it yourself than. To, I could have gone with the Burt Bacharach uh, version or Jackie DeShannon or the Staple Singers, but since it's your mom's favorite artist. Oh, my God. So, anyway, that's how I hope it goes. I mean, I, I'm i talking to so a bunch of friends on both sides, and I'm saying, all right, let's, let's not, uh, don't, don't hit me with the meme of the day, please. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and by the yeah. way, this new Russian intelligence uh, stuff, very yeah. suspect. I've been bitten. Well, I've been bitten. So ever since the supposed weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, I don't believe what U.S. intelligence tells me. So if an anonymous source leaks something that's supposed to create a brand new Russia, Russia, Russia scandal, I go, wait a minute. We've been bit by that. And what did we get out of it? And why are you leaking? Isn't that treason? And so then I, because immediately everybody jumps on and goes, this is terrible. And then Trump goes, nobody ever briefed me. And then they go, why didn't they brief you? And then this whole thing gets like, and, and I'm looking at all of this and I'm going, I think this is all orchestrated. By, uh, we had to, remember my heart rate. Can we not do this? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, Spike okay. just had a heart attack. So let's not talk about that yeah. stuff this week. But anyway, what the world, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> what the world needs now. Look at her go! Ah, she could sing, huh? Okay. Oh, man, you may miss my mom so much right now. Oh, she was sweet. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Well, don't be in any hurry to go see her. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, no, I hear you, so, bro. I hear you. So, obviously, you got to change your lifestyle. Is this like now, or are you going to have a pizza tonight as a last call? He's got brand new stents, Joe. He's got to have a few last pies in. Come on. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, that's where I I have my – I know I need to make lifestyle changes, and obviously I haven't had the screaming uh, alarm that you just had, but – it's hard to it's hard to say when you know, and I guess I guess today for you is the day you start after something like that, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I've got uh, next week. I have an appointment with the uh, cardio rehab wing at the hospital, which means I go in and find out what you know. I mean, the rest of my life can look like whatever I want it to look like, but if I want it to be a long and happy life where I get to walk my daughters down the aisle or hold right. a grandkid. Then I got to make some changes because I'm. Which you know, daughter I, you think is going to get married sooner? I'm going with Darby. Boy, I'm thinking maybe so. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. You know, Ryan's Ryan's moving home from New York. Oh, and she has moving, a boyfriend that you like, right? Yep. Yeah, Eddie's a nice kid, great kid. Yeah, his name is moving. Eddie. That's straight yeah. out of a Springsteen song. That's I know, fantastic. right? <laughs> she met Eddie in a bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> so, um, but uh, she told this kid, you know, a couple weeks ago because they've been talking about it for a while and. She said, look, I'm going back to Seattle, and I love you, and I want you to come. But if you don't come, I, I get it. I'm still going back to, to oh, Seattle. Oh, man, that's an eight-minute Springsteen song. <laughs> <laughs> back 
to Jungleland. Um, so, Timberland is where we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, wow. So he he didn't he didn't didn't blink an eye. He said, "No, I'm going with you." He's dead because he's oh. do, he's he's doing what I did. At the same point in my life, he's moving across the country. I mean, I did it for you. You did it because <laughs> you were following me. You were trying to catch yeah. a ferry. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> but that's very nice. What is, uh, what is his occupation? What does he do for, for work? It's funny. He, um, he was painting the side of buildings. He, would, uh, he was a muralist. For a company, Only the side York. they and wouldn't let him paint the front. They would bring in a real expert. For <laughs> he that. wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> now he would paint advertising murals. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, you well, know, like on a on a on a um, what, they, what do they call those that go up and down the side of the buildings? I yeah. can't even think of the word. Well, he can be a consultant for all the protests in Seattle. He'll never. Yeah. <laughs> they still got some plywood up there at the yeah. chop that needs some attention. Yeah. So. Is that chop thing almost over, Joe? Well, uh, two more people were shot, one murdered uh, today, so I would say no, no it's not over yet. Yeah, yeah. This is why the thing has oh. gone on too long. It's it's over, dude. I, it's got to be over now. And two more shot, yeah. one more dead. Yep, as of, <sighs> you know, that was 3.30 this morning, so. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, everybody's still on the loose. I don't think anybody knows. The problem is the cause yet. that it started at gets lost. And yeah. it, it ends up doing more damage than good. And it's bad people that jumped on and got involved. And when you're doing a protest, there's a point, there's a peak where you have goodwill and you have a lot of people and you sit down with the leaders and you hammer out something that can work. It could compromises, of course, but otherwise it never ends well. That is so sad. Well, on the, yeah. And the news report says, you know, two men, uh, one murdered, one uh, uh, in the hospital. And it said ages 16 and 14. I said, wait a minute. These aren't Jesus. men. These are boys. These are boys. These are not men. This is a 16-year-old okay. and are a 14-year-old. 16 and 14-year-olds men? That's what they called them in the news report. Um, yeah. And they're at 3 in the morning. They're in a car, uh, in you know, on Capitol Hill. So... I don't know what they're doing out at three in the morning, but it was a sixteen-year-old is dead. The fourteen-year-old is in the hospital. Ah, Jesus, very bad. All right. Well, sorry about you guys in Seattle. That's tough stuff. And and you got resurging coronavirus. A little bit. Um, not as not, not not as bad. Yeah, we're not as, as bad some at, levels. Yeah, exactly. We're not so, we're not the deep south. So how are you handling it? me personally yeah uh, just the same as i have been I, I went to lunch today with uh, my daughter and my my sister and i do inside think or outside inside but it, it really high ceiling long ways from anybody everybody's got a mask this on joe this is what uh chuck i know i was thinking the same about, thing but Oh, I know. Well, it's a, you. It can happen anywhere, and and uh, and, and and the the uh, cases are going up a little. I think they're up to nine people in the in the uh, in the ICU now at Kelly's work. They were down to two uh, for a while, but that's because they're shipping them over from Yakima now. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I it's saw, really I saw that on the news, by the way. Yakima yeah. is overloaded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're sending them over from there. Uh, it's really bad. I'm I'm thinking about taking a vacation, and I think I'm I know where I'm going um, based Budapest? on all this. No, uh, Minot, Minot, North Dakota. Ah, I'm is that zero except for Vermont? I'm thinking about a road trip to Minot. They're playing baseball there. Oh, uh, oh that's why. I've, 
I've been watching the uh, or listening to uh, the Source Valley Saber Dogs, right. and uh, they're playing minor league baseball. They're having pizza parties. Nobody's getting sick yet, and it seems like uh, kind of a good place to be. So I'm thinking about taking a long drive through Montana and going to North Dakota. One of my former students has got his first professional play-by-play gig, so go over there and uh, watch some minor league baseball and, and – uh, uh, that is one of the few states where uh, they seem to not having be having too much of this stuff. Yeah, yet. there's three good states that I can see: North Dakota, Montana, and Vermont, where I'm at. I mean, Vermont. The only case, cases we have are way up in Burlington, which is two hours away, and um, really, um, my two the two towns that surround me have had zero cases. And people are socially distanced anyway. Now, still, when you go to the grocery stores, you know, there's a certain type of white male who won't wear a mask. But almost everybody else is. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to, that's just the way it is. All right. Uh, are we ready for Sean Alexander? Yeah, I think we yeah, haven't left there, much sure. time. I yeah. apologize. He's been on our show many times over the years as a unpaid <laughs> but good friend, <laughs> legal consultant for just about everything that has come up in the news. Sean Alexander, uh, I don't know if you saw. Are you there, Sean? I am here. Okay. Whoops. You're there, right? Yes, I'm here. Hang on. I got to turn off what the world needs now is love. Now, now we need a lawyer. <laughs> Okay. We had our shot at love. I'm going to pause that. i got to put Sean in the center speaker. This will only take a second. All right, keep talking at me, Sean. Okay. All right. Um, it's It's been pretty quiet here where I'm at. Yes. So, uh, Sean, I, I don't know if you saw, I, I, did a, I mentioned you in a Facebook post today. I did see that. Thank there you. Was a, there was a um, really funny meme, and it had a genie, like from Aladdin. And he says, I grant you three wishes. And the guy who rubbed the lamp says, well, I'd like to wish that there were no lawyers. And then the genie says, all right, you're done. No more wishes. And he says, what about my other two wishes? And the genie says, so sue me. Uh, so, ooh, ooh, that phrase has much less meaning right now. Does it? Because, what? Well, what? it's really hard to get into court. Oh right! You can, oh, I I have a case where we want to set a jury trial trial with twelve jurors, and it's not going to happen until after September, before we can even set the date, which may be two years from now. Wow! So forget a speedy trial. Well, that's part of it. Is, is the, <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing this thing earlier about how divided our country is. And I t- right. asked Siri to play what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Only Siri just wants to keep. keep well, going. it's a good song. It is a good song. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I forget where we were. Where were you? Um, can't well, get, you can't sue anybody. You can't sue anybody. Can't go to. We, we can go to court, but it's all online. And uh, to be honest, I haven't really mastered uh, examining a witness over Zoom yet. No. It, it, it's I've we've done it. We've had some hearings and that sort of thing. I have, and uh, I expect to do a lot more. It is more convenient. I gotta admit that. But I feel better in the courtroom where I can get judge the jury and I can judge 
what the judge thinks. I can get some body, because on Zoom, he's in the courtroom, but he's wearing a mask, or she, and you can't even tell um, what they think. I hadn't thought about that, because so much body language is in facial expressions. It's like like the World uh, Series of Poker. If everyone in poker wore a mask, they, they couldn't play, right? <laughs> That's oh, right. You're right. They couldn't. It, and the same thing applies to trial work. When you're a litigator, you have to be able to judge your audience. And part of that is keeping track of them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can see them and you see that in their room the dog is running around and the kids are there, they, you know that they may not be paying the most attention. Uh, so that's how it's going on Zoom trials, though. Literally, people are sitting in front of their computer, and there's 12 boxes? No, no. We're doing—I've only done hearings and depositions okay. that way. Um, but, but same thing. In other words, you can sort of exactly. see if someone's detracted. Wow, that's crazy. It, it is crazy. <laughs> so, Sean— But that's, that's uh, really ahead. not what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Well you, well, you can set it up. Go ahead. What, what I wanted to talk about is what we're seeing happen— to commercial real estate. And before COVID came along, commercial real estate was hurting because of the internet. People are buying stuff. They don't need to go to the mall. They don't need to go everywhere to get what they want. COVID reinforced that. And that that's a natural market force. And I can appreciate that. But what hit home was when the governor cut off the ability to do evictions and to garnish people once you get a judgment that they owe. So essentially, you become a, uh, well, kind of like a family with a adult kid on the couch. You can't, get the, <laughs> you can't get your tenants to pay, and you can't kick them out. And it's a very difficult situation for residential landlords and now commercial landlords. At commercial, it's going to hit them much harder. So, Sean, um, and we talked a little bit about this. What's interesting about this to me as an ex-media guy doing media part-time is that as huge as this issue is, and it's really the part of the iceberg that's like underwater, part of that part of the iceberg, as huge as this is, uh, there's almost no discussion about the fact that COVID-19 accelerated what Amazon started in that we're super comfortable now doing even more without getting off the couch or without leaving our smartphones, but also underneath our economy, which Wall Street doesn't seem to be paying any attention to, what are the after effects of all of these businesses that will now have more people working at home, which means all the office space that won't be rented? much less all the businesses that will go out of business, the restaurants and everything else that won't be able to pay for their office space. Is this kind of, is this lurking on the horizon or is it well-known? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's completely no, well-known by everybody. Well, it's, it's well-known to those in the market. Um, average office rents are expected to fall, fall 10.5% this year, according to Moody. Um, and retail rents are, are going to be dropping about 2.7% nationwide. Um, and you'll see more of that next year, probably 1.2%. And that will suppress, surpass the declines you've seen in the Great Recession. So it, we have to be able to... 2008. We should say of 2008. 
of 2000 because yes. make recessions yeah. great again was not on any particular path <laughs> that i saw recently yeah. at a big political rally but it should have been but with the, that's office and uh and average retail rents but retail market is dropping even more drastically yeah, and, yeah. and it's at this point it's on track for 14.5 percent by the end of this year um, and that's it doesn't sound like much I was like well it's 14 percent more but when it's 14 percent less that's 14 percent of your bills you can't pay even if you're if you're the landlord or you're the commercial tenant that reduction in the the vacancies the fall in the rent all of those things are going to have a tremendous effect on the property markets and what they're worth and what the banks will loan so suddenly what was a sure thing before is no longer a sure thing all right so we're just regular people living in houses with our families how does this you know they famously would talk about the trickle down effect if we took care of big businesses this sounds more like a number two down effect, uh, potentially on us. What's going? What can this do? What's going to happen? What, what's going to happen is it's going to be harder to get what you want when you want it, because no one's going to be able to get it for you. Oh, the thing. <laughs> so it's just you're not going to be able to buy what you want. You're not going to be able to see the. So you still the, think this is going to affect supply chains and change our general standard of living? Okay, so one of the things that's been happening... <laughs> that was kind of, okay. I thought it wasn't going to yeah. bother us. I thought we would just click no. on Amazon instead, and the big bad guy, Jeff Bezos, would win. But go ahead. Well, okay, so let's talk about... Say, for instance, you are a landlord, and you own a couple of office buildings, and you hire a bunch of people, and you do a bunch of stuff with those buildings. Suddenly, you're not getting the rent. You normally could evict just like that. It wouldn't mm -hmm. be a big deal. Now you've got some restrictions on the evictions, but another subtle layer that just come in, is coming in is the bankruptcy decisions. And they're saying that the financial distress on the commercial landlords by reducing the tenant's rate, what their rent is, what they have to pay to, to stay and not be evicted, they're punching down so even when this is over, they're going to be able to file bankruptcy, and you will never get that rent back. But it, but the mortgage companies, on the flip side, they're going to suffer one way or another. Either they're going to have to do a foreclosure, or they're just going to have to readjust the debt. That is going to reduce the amount of money that's liquid. No one's going to loan anything. Are, are you suggesting that this little stock market ride we've been on way down and then now back almost all the way up? Is just the beginning of this roller coaster? Yes. Okay. Everybody put your I'm hands in the air right now. It's more fun when yeah. they go down the hill with their hands in the air. Woo! Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, <sighs> and there are some brand new cases that are just pointing to this is that the, the courts are just saying, all right, we're putting a stop to this commercial activity. And we're putting a stop to it through the bankruptcy court, through the regular courts, the stopping evictions, through garnishments. Right. And... And it's going to be a big backlash. So, so is lot, that like yeah. applying a tourniquet so someone doesn't bleed out on their leg? Um, eventually, yes. you have to deal with the wound as well. Yeah, that's you have the wound, but you also you have realize infection. that I try to make everything an analogy, right? I do that myself. <laughs> it makes life easier. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So that's 
that's really annoying and it doesn't look good. <laughs> I've been in and out of a couple of businesses. I'm sure Spike and Joe have too, where you go in there and like I was in a clothing store today, kind of like REI, and there were six different employees scattered throughout and only two people in the store. And I thought, this isn't sustainable. Uh, you know, eventually, um, do we just keep running the printing presses until we have a vaccine? What do you think the plan is? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that would just keep my there head was down. One. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, it's fascinating. So, uh, so is this a big part of what you're doing now? And you're doing most of your work remotely. Yeah, all my work is being done remotely. Um, I did try to do a uh, traveling notary service today, and I met a guy at a dock and signed some papers and did some stuff. But everything else is all happening remotely. And you're you're pretty isolated out on an island. Do uh, they uh, are they letting people on the island that don't live there? Yeah, but we look at them funny. Okay, so <laughs> for fourteen days, a, but you can rent a vacation place on Orcas or something. Only at half. Uh, half the normal capacity. Okay. You're not allowed to rent to the full capacity. Interesting. They were trying to keep people that actually own property off the island for a while. If it wasn't your primary residence, they were saying, "Don't come." There was a lot of discouragement on that, and it and it worked. I I see a lot more people in the last couple of weeks who own second homes here. They're showing up. Mm. Well, all right. Be safe. Um, <laughs> I uh, I just look and watch this whole world and just wonder. I just wonder, you know, if almost as if we, um, almost like we're a teenager and we've got the keys to the car and we've, you know, just drinking and driving. <laughs> it just is like... It, it all it it seems a little crazy. Everything that's going on, like today, on the news, there was a picture of beaches. That seems to be the one uh, thing that they love to show the most when they show people being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And the uh, and I'll let you get guess which network this is. Uh, and it said Florida blames young people for virus surge. Which network do you think that would be? CNN. Sean? Fox. Joe? Yeah, I'd, I'd vote Fox, probably. Uh, I would have voted Fox, too, but it was MSNBC. Ooh, so it was accurate, then. Okay. <laughs> it's in your world. Uh, and I hey, thought wait about that. Wait a minute. When, when 75% of the cases are 25 to 45-year-olds, and there's a picture of thousands of people on a beach, I think it's a pretty Hold accurate on. description what of what What you happened. just said were facts. Yeah. Blaming young people is not a fact. It's an editorial. Who blamed young people? Florida. <laughs> Again. The governor of Florida. The but that wasn't the... See, the font is the news, because most people don't have time to hear the whole story. <laughs> they look at the font, no, and that's how they uh, oh, get their right. prejudice. I laugh so I don't cry. You know that's right. And so yeah. when I saw that, I thought, Florida, all of Florida, blames young people. And then I thought, wait a minute. This reminds me of a headline I saw in Palm Springs when I, I went hiking in what used to be what was now a pristine canyon. Uh, and there was a headline from way back in the 70s when hippies were camping in this canyon. 
and it was uh, dirty hippies ruin canyon and i thought nothing changes from generation to generation it's the young people these young whippersnappers you know they're the cause of this they're not the cause they're just young and no one is taking the time to mentor them and encourage them to do the right thing uh, sure he is. Sean Hannity's encouraging him. Like him every <laughs> yes, night. of course he is. That's touche. But um, anyway, I, I, let me ask you a question. When we were 25, imagine that something like this had happened and that you had all the world's knowledge and information in the palm of your hand in a supercomputer called a smartphone. It's hard to imagine that in our days. Uh, but if I were able to study the statistics and realize that the risk to me was less than the flu, would I want to get laid and party on the beach or protect somebody's great-grandma that I never met? So tonight I'm going to party like my IQ's 99. <laughs> In other words, I, I wouldn't blame young people. I'd want to um, nurture them and educate them. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. I'd, Bob, you know, yeah, I, would, I would write a ticket for young people on the beach that were not wearing a mask. And they would have to go, like we would go to traffic court and they would show you bodies plastered along the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. It's all yeah. fun in the sun until Timmy gets corona. And now we're going <laughs> to intubate grandma. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> all right. Uh, we do have a guest coming in a few minutes. In about two and a half minutes, if it works, I asked him to call. Chuck Opperman is our friend who has COVID-19. Have you been following this on Facebook, Sean? Yes, I have. And and I don't blame the teenagers. You don't? Oh, tell me what you think <laughs> no. about that. I, I will just say, this is a, a phrase I use when I encounter people who are very upset about things. I say, blame is a waste of time. Uh-huh. Look for the cure. Don't, and it, it's not the, not the cure of this particular problem, but any problem. You know, it doesn't do any good at all to yell at the flat tire. <laughs> what you need to do is go and change the damn thing. Uh, and I run into so many people that want to blame everyone else for the problems they have. And they're real problems, there's no question. But sitting around blaming someone, complete waste of time. just too little love what the world needs now. I'm dedicating the whole show to Dion Warwick and Spike's mom. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, and generally, why don't we say that more often? Because when we turn on the TV, you can get blame one side or blame the other side. And how has that worked out so far? Have we fixed anything? Zero. No. I'll tell you. All right. Well, now, now this is the part. Uh, we're 45 seconds away from when I told Chuck to call. And Chuck being a Microsoft guy and a software guy. And a pilot. And a pilot, which means he's going to call in 38 seconds. And then if well, he, oh, but he he's also, he's in, yeah, a, in a hospital, hospital. bed and <laughs> maybe on, on a ventilator. So. Well, oh, and that's what I was getting to is oh. from, the, from the very first second that he doesn't call, I'm going to freak out worrying about him. I was worried today because his post said that they couldn't keep his... So a couple things happened to him, and I'll let him 
tell the story. I don't want to spoil it, but he got one of those transfusions of blood from someone who has recovered from COVID-19. An antibody. The mm-hmm. antibody. Antibody blood. highball. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was supposed to help, but they were still having trouble keeping his blood oxygen. And I, God bless him for posting this on Facebook. I probably would withdraw, you know, and just say, you know, we'll see you yes. later or not. But he's sharing his story because he. so many people think that this is a hoax. Here, oh, he, is. here he is. Look at him. I, I'm seriously on time. Right to the on second. the money. Oh, wow. yeah, of course. Wow. Okay, hang on a second, Chuck. I'm going to put you on through the Bluetooth. Uh, there you're on a 5279. You're uh, holding for landing. Please stand by. <laughs> Chuck you're, you're clear on Victor 5 to log on to the Bob's uh, Blake and Joe podcast. I would not have asked you to do this, Chuck. You did ask me if it was okay, and, uh, and bless you for taking yeah. the time. Hey, guys. I hope you can hear me okay. Yes, just fine. Good, because I've got, like, the world's loudest air handler here in my hospital room with me. It's, uh, yeah, they have. It's a negative pressure, uh, it, like fan, right? Where they okay. don't let any air possibly leave your room. So, uh, uh, yeah. do you have something giving you oxygen? And how are you able to talk? Yeah, I've got a nasal cannula, cannula. You know, like we're in the airplane. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting three and a half liters of oxygen being pumped into me through that. That All helps right. keeps me keeps me oxygenated. So it's in through your nostrils, so you can still talk. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Chuck, if you're not up to this, please, you know, this is not that important. So. I, I, oh, thanks. I love talking to you guys. I need to lift my spirits wherever I can. And, uh, so I'm just, uh, I've been uh, grateful for all your guys' conversation. And it's, uh, it's an honor for me to talk with you guys again. It was such a thrill for me that you listened to our podcast and, um, and uh, I should also mention, we're pulling for you, not just because you're a dear friend, but because you are a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to get your eight bucks worth today, you know, Chuck. He's, is a what stable, he's, to he, he's a stable genius. He's doing 30 bucks a month. Wow. So, yeah. you know, even though we wanted you to live anyway because we love you. <laughs> oh, I, all right. I, see, oh, that's funny. I should not make you laugh. That's not good. <laughs> Don't. Oh, God. That's right. an impossible task. So uh, the majority of our audience, uh, which numbers in the thousands now, uh, probably has not seen the Facebook post. So let's tell the story. First off, you're an extremely uh, professional checklist software type of person. So I know you well enough to know you would follow the rules. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. You went out twice to eat out with masks and you think that's where it happened right yeah so pretty much uh you know i'm a, I'm a big believer in the science i like to think i'm well read on stuff and, you know and I, I knew that a mask would not prevent me from getting it but that i also knew that if i had it i wouldn't be showing symptoms for a while so the prudent thing to do was to have a mask on so i wouldn't spread it and also it was right. a symbol for me I wanted to to go out and tell people, it's like, hey, this is what we should all be doing. And that, and here on the west coast of Florida, um, it's, it's my belief that it kind of felt like we we missed, you know, the really bad stuff that New York, 
had and Washington State had. And you know, we reopened pretty quickly. And it's like, you know, I, I think it just hasn't gotten here yet. And so, um, so I think we all fell into a sense of uh, complacency that maybe we had missed the worst of it and that it was okay to get out and to, uh, do, do, to do things. And so uh, my girlfriend, Shirley, who says hi, by the way. Uh, Sweetheart. She, yeah, thanks. And she has been. She's, a, she's been a rock for me during this. She and I, um, we uh, ventured out on a weekend. We went to a Home Depot to look at ceiling fans and wore masks there. And that not Some people did, but not many. Uh, and then we went to a Lowe's to look at some other ceiling fans that night. And we... We ordered in, and the next morning we went to a small family restaurant. We weren't too sure about going in because we knew that the there was no outdoor seating. We knew the inside room was was kind of uh, small, um, but uh, we had our reasons. And we went and we tried to sit, sit away from people, and we sat down and took off our masks and ordered. And we noticed that everyone who had come in or when they were leaving, they didn't wear a mask. The servers weren't wearing masks. The cooks weren't wearing masks. So, in, and, and this, bu- like this were, bugged you a little bit while this was happening. You were like, uh, this isn't yeah. really what I want, right? It, it, it made me nervous. And now you're thinking, like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll eat and we'll get out of here. And, uh, you know, we tried to sit away from other folks. And then I, I you know, I looked up at the, at the walls and they had like some wall mounted air conditioners things like that and I'm like oh boy you know and so we left and we actually from there we went to another fan store where we were the only people in the shop the owner was there he wore a mask um, and then we went to a mattress store and the mattress store was kind of interesting this now was you on didn't Sunday. you didn't roll around on some community mattress yeah, i'm ready to burn this restaurant yeah. to the ground and protest and yeah. now it's the damn mattress store's fault <laughs> what are you doing well now and uh well that's interesting because when you walk in they've got like a little station of hand sanitizer and stuff and all the staff had masks on and they hand you a sanitized pillow oh. you, know, they, you know and they said this is your pillow don't use any other pillow and um you know, and so we checked out a few mattresses. I really enjoyed your guys' story about never needing to get a mattress when you were on the air. Huh. Uh, us schlubs, we have to pay for it. And uh, so, you know, I laid down on a couple of mattresses, always using the, uh, the, uh, the pillow and always having my mask on. But we noticed there was another couple in the store. They didn't have masks on. They had a couple of kids. They didn't have masks on. Yeah. So we didn't oh, spend too much time there. And then we, <laughs> excuse me, Take so it we easy. went to Hooters. Hold Jesus, on a Chuck. <laughs> the Corona Tour, man. T-shirt's printed yeah. up. Yeah. And, uh, Why catch so a virus anywhere else? Yeah. And uh, like Joe said the other day, yeah, they certainly weren't wearing the the, the welder mask in, in, the, uh, in the Hooters. But... We stepped far away from everyone there. We had very little contact, so I don't think it was the Hooters. Mm. Could have been the mattress store, but I'm, I'm, I'm betting it was the restaurant. You thinking Hooters uh, or the smaller yeah. restaurant? Smaller we went swimming in the ball pit well, at Chuck E. Cheese. And, <laughs> all right. Before, before, yeah. 
Go ahead, Joe. I think no, before you. Well, before you, you, you know, I was. Everybody's convinced it's the restaurant, but the the thing you're doing that's the most dangerous. It sounds like to me is going shopping for a ceiling fan. I mean, that thing's by definition is to stir up the air and throw particles around all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I mean, could be, were, could were, be you, were you were you yeah. were you testing those fans? Were you standing underneath them to see how that felt and yeah. stuff? Yeah. See that's that nice. that seems like a, a really dangerous thing to be doing. Is right. let's 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 uh, sneeze a couple times and turn on this fan and hey, throw hey, it around nice. a little bit. Oh, come on, Chuck's feeling bad. Look, Chuck, Chuck, is your heart monitor going right now? Because it's <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just uh, you know, the, everybody's like he went to a restaurant and he got sick. Well, he also went to a ceiling fan store and a bed store. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not, uh, and and uh, good point. Lick your Joe. own wallpaper department at Sears. Yeah. The, the fact the is, bottom line yeah. is you're sick. And we really feel bad yeah. about that. And I'm and, so and glad you're feeling good enough to sit here and talk to us. So uh, wow. let's just say this, though, because to relate this to anyone who might be listening, I think I felt what you felt the day you were shopping, which is that after being cooped up for three months, a need to go out and get some basic things and do some things and a feeling that maybe it wasn't as dangerous and you could get away with it. Is that is that fair yeah. to say? Oh, very much so. Yeah. You, okay. know, I, you know, I don't know where I got it. I'll never know. Right. That. Yeah. But I can say this. I got it from somebody who wasn't wearing a mask. Probably. You now, know, let's let's can, jump ahead. Let's ha- hold to, on, Chuck. Yeah. Have, have they social contacted your I mean, have they asked you where you went and have they tried to contact oh, those I'll people? Bet, yeah, or? He's all of them, I bet. No, they haven't. No? Uh, you know, I. Uh, that, that's the interesting thing was is that, that those uh, store visits happened on uh, Saturday and Sunday, what, the 13th and 14th. And then uh, I was home that night with my son, Jason, and he, I, was, I worked from home. And uh, so Monday and Tuesday he was with me. And starting Wednesday, I started coughing, started getting a fever uh, that got progressively worse into the night. And by Thursday morning, I knew something was wrong. Uh. Because normally if I get a cold or anything, it'll start out as a, as a sore throat. You know, and, and post nasal drip and that kind of stuff. This was just pure fever. Per, you know, immediately. immediately up, yeah. Immediately. 101, 101 and a half in the morning. Did you and know? So I, I, I just strongly suspected. I right. hope it would be negative, but I strongly suspected. I called up my doctor. My doctor's office was great, actually. They, they had their physician's assistant do a virtual visit with me a half hour after I called. And uh, she, you know, she took all my, not vitals or anything, but she took my whole history and made an arrangement for me to get a test at one of their facilities that afternoon, which I did. But I had to wait until Monday to get the results. Mm. The results came back positive. At the same time, uh, uh, let's see, Friday night or Saturday morning, Shirley started to have symptoms yeah. at her place. And so she immediately went to like the CVS drugstore I was able to get a test there, and uh, and her test came back positive as well. But thankfully, Grayson, my boy, um, you know, he's negative, and it was actually really difficult for him and his mom, Anthea, to get tested because they didn't have symptoms. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you still you you? If this was South Korea, by the way, the moment you tested positive, 
they'd round up everyone who was anywhere near you in all those places you went to, and they'd shut them all down, and they'd squash it, right? Nope. Yeah, not here, not Florida. Not in Florida. I was told that the Department of Health would call me, but nobody has. I Did they give you some free passes really to a water lot. park so you could go spread it with other people? <laughs> what is Florida doing? <laughs> uh, right. they're, they're completely overwhelmed. They yeah. really are. Yeah, they're, if they're so understaffed and so, right. or in, a, in the trend, so um, it's great to hear that you're up and lively. I know that you're putting a braver face on this, at least I suspect, because I know you. You're a super positive guy, but you are uh, five days in the hospital now? Uh, yeah, let's see. This is the fourth day. Okay. This is the, uh, the fourth night. Five days by the time uh, this is released. <sighs> And you've, Chuck, I'm so sorry, buddy. You've had, yeah, I'm so sorry for you, too. You've had some <laughs> issues with blood oxygen, with the pulse oxygen, or P, what do they call it, pulse ox? Yeah. Pulse ox, yeah. And so they're watching you, and these next several days are crucial. Yeah. And that, in fact, I got a very interesting treatment. Um, the doctor came in and said that uh, there's basically two types, or uh, the gradation of the of the disease and its impact and i'm in the severe case but not the life-threatening case which is the highest um, so they're optimistic that's good they are and you know but my my pulse ox has been dropping since I, I finally the fever left uh as soon as i got into the hospital fever left i'm on uh but i have pneumonia and that i have pneumonia in both lungs and Jesus. that's keeping the, the pulse ox down. And of course, I'm a geek, and I'm wearing a Garmin watch that has a uh, pulse oximeter built into it. Yeah, you're, you're it. like. So I've been tracking it. You're like to the hospital. Listen, I brought my own medical equipment in here, so I'm just going to hook yeah. myself up twice. Is that okay? Yeah. Right now, I'm looking. My watch is showing me at 92%, and the pulse oximeter here in the, in, on the screen in my hospital room is showing at 91%. Pretty close, um, yeah. But they did something interesting. They recommended me for what they call a convalescent uh, transfusion. Mm. And what they do is they match me with a blood donor, a plasma donor, who has the same blood type, who has recovered from COVID-19. And uh, it's a Mayo Clinic research study that's going on. And they had to jump through a bunch of hoops. I had to get qualified for it. And finally, I got that a little after midnight last night, and they basically mix in uh, this plasma into my bloodstream to, in order to jumpstart the production of the antibodies and to start shutting down the replication of the virus. And and I've body. heard that this is very, very effective, that they're very happy with how this uh, treatment is going. Is that is that what they told you too? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's, you know, of course, my, my first thing is like, okay, well, what's the downside? You know, yeah. There's always gonna be a trade-off. And they go, well, they really the downsides are you know, just normal blood transfusion issues, you know. Yeah. You might get AIDS, you know, or something you like that. You might get AIDS. Yeah. That well, you never know, yeah, what the guy might might have. Now, there haven't been any Good. young Republican physician's assistants bringing in some Clorox or some bleach or anything like that uh, trying to plenty, gargle with. Shove this UV light up your butt, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I've had several people on Facebook, you know, offer me a lot of interesting cures. And sure. They all mean very well, and I'm honored. Yeah, and, uh, but I feel like I'm in really good hands. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I do want to. I want to give a shout out. If you've got a listener in Davenport, Iowa, 
uh, who gave, who's A positive and gave blood at the Mississippi Rally Regional Blood Bank. Uh, I may have wound up with that bag of plasma. And, uh, and I, I'll never know who that person was, but he might just be a lifesaver for me. That's awesome. I love it. And if, if you can mix yeah. that antibody dose Chuck got with some Red Bull and sell it at, my, at Florida bars, we may have solved two problems here. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, and it sounds like it hasn't hurt your appetite. You make the roast beef sandwiches sound really good when you oh write about God. them. They're, they're, they're you feeding what. you good. I don't know if you remember me, guys, but I'm, I'm an incredibly picky eater. I have always been at the first of my life. I'm a very basic eater. And, um, you know, when this thing first started with me, people started saying, hey, did you lose your sense of smell? Did you lose your sense of taste? And, you know, I went over to a candle and I smelled it. And I go, no, I, still, I can still smell a candle. And then a few days later, uh, I was putting on some deodorant and I couldn't smell those deodorant. So I went back to, uh, I went back to the candle and all of a sudden I couldn't smell it. So it did change. Mm. And then over time, my sense of taste has changed. And uh, I was actually sitting down to have a, a Mick Ultra, which doesn't have a lot of taste to begin with, but it was gone when when I had, like, you know, five, six days after this started. So then I show up in the hospital, and the food's been great. Uh, and then today it was like a, a chicken and soup uh, dinner and you know, with a lot of vegetables that I normally wouldn't eat, but I went through all of them. So it, it, I, I normally don't like cooked carrot, and I tasted it. It's like, oh, this is great. And I finished all the cooked carrots. You mm -hmm. know, I'm amazed and, uh, you know, you know, that the side effect of COVID is being able to eat more. I don't know if it's just us, us but uh, uh, you could... You could cheer up males our age anytime just by putting some good food in front of them. It doesn't matter yeah. what else is yeah. going on. You're very, uh, you're you're very encouraging to me, Chuck, just by your attitude and uh, all the good things that you have it seriously, but it's not life threatening. Get well soon, my friend, and uh, we'll look forward to talking more. And what will change when you get out of the hospital for you? Well. For starters, uh, your love and support from all of you and several of your listeners have contacted me as well, and I really, you know, I feed off of that. That really helps. Uh, getting the word out to people about the dangers is, is really important to me as well. So feed off that. What will change for me is um, is that it'll it will be ten at least ten days after I stop having symptoms that I'll be able to. Be with my son again. Right. And, uh, you know, I'll still be quarantined. In fact, you know, I'm thinking about Spike and all of the stuff that he's going through with his house and contractors. Well, I, I just uh, dropped a grand to have my house sanitized uh, you know, so that other people can be there. Yeah. And uh, I'll let you know, guys, that uh, one of my uh, wonderful nurses, Terry, is here now with me. All right. And she's going to take a. Uh, a blood, uh, let's actually get my blood sugar. One of the side effects of taking the steroids and having this is my blood sugar is going to skyrocket. Right. And, Jesus. Uh, I've right. been poked and potted nearly 30 times since I've been. Yeah. All right. Here. So, and, uh, it's been before you go, just want to tell you we all love you. 
Thank you for being on with us. It was your idea. I don't. People are going to beat on me and say, "Why did you drag your friend out of bed?" You, you wanted to tell people this is real and to be safe and to be careful, right? Yes, and, and, and how important it is. Okay. And then one last question I'd like to ask. You have this fancy watch. It, what does it do besides uh, blood pressure, pulse oxygen? Oh, it's, it's GPS, moving map, next rad radar, wow. uh, compass, everything. Can you tell me in real time how many points Biden is up if the election were held today? Would he win by 14 <laughs> points? <laughs> uh, I never believe the polls. And <laughs> all, all that matters is the plenty of time lots can happen all right my attempt at a political joke while you're trying to get stuck with a needle to get blood out of you didn't go very well but you have no heart everything else did (laughs) chuck there's more uh when you listen to this podcast there's more about spike that you don't know oh boy well, it'll make his, let's not. Let's not worry. <laughs> it'll make that. his his furnace seem like a small issue. Yeah, let's yeah. All right, but brother, take care. Okay, you two guys. All right, all right, Chuck. Be well, buddy. Right. Chuck Opper. Have a good one. From. <laughs> I swear to God, by the way, the phone just did that because I, I hung up on Chuck, and that's where the song was. Sean Alexander, thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, Spike and Joe, we'll talk again in two days and 48 hours. Hopefully we'll have great news about everybody. Thank you all for listening. Hi, brother. You too. Thank you. Stay safe. Bob, Spike, and Joe. Everywhere you go. You can't escape the trio. William Shatner, interviewed by everybody. He's uh, got a new book out. It's kind of his uh, biography, so I wouldn't be surprised if he starts making the rounds back this way. We might talk to him again. Uh, The biography is called Up Till Now, because I'm not dead yet, kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. William Shatner says, um, contrary to what you might think, he never had much fun nailing all those Star Trek groupies. Meaning he didn't? Meaning or he, he did, did and it wasn't you, that fun? Exactly. Meaning he did what you say you wish you had done. Nail Star Trek groupies? Nail William Shatner. the last thing I wanted to do, trust me. He was promiscuous. Yes. But he and, went where many men had gone before. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he said, it ain't all it's uh, cracked up to be. Yeah, that just reminds me of when I went to church in college and the pastor was telling us how sex was bad before marriage. And my wife and I had sex before marriage, but we realized now it was wrong. And I kept thinking, but you still did it. Like You still got to do it. So I know that people regret, but I don't think they really regret it. I mean, I don't think I don't think you really look back and regret it. I don't know if this will help, but Yul Brenner got to smoke. Yeah. He got to do it. He looked really happy. At the end. <laughs> Jack Klugman got to, too, and he's still around, but have you talked to him lately? He's out.
Oh. Sex is like smoking. <laughs> okay. Another meaningless uh, uh, analogy. Hey, are we, I, by the way, thank you for the compliment, though. Which one? You said talking to me was like talking to a wall, and I kept thinking about that, and I thought, a wall is solid. A wall knows where it stands. Dependable. A wall is dependable. Yeah. A wall holds the whole building up. Yeah. Gets very little credit for Actually, it. Actually, a wall. Security. <laughs> Yeah. Now that I think of it, a wall doesn't talk back, so I take it back. I take back I also my analogy. That, I also thought that talking to you was a little like talking to a ping pong ball, only the ping pong ball makes more sense, because I know it's going from here to here. <laughs> That's very sweet. I appreciate No, but it, with a woman, and, and, and I'm going to categorize you. Uh, <gasps> but not demean you. Because we're frequently not having the same conversation. Right. And I do this with my wife all the time, too, because she'll jump. From what she indi- what she had telegraphed the topic to be, she's on a different topic. By the yeah. time I think I'm answering the answer which she has already got, which wasn't what I thought she wanted. I think you're trying too hard. <laughs> I think it's just no need. And John does this too. We'll, we'll be talking about something, and I'll mention something as an aside, and I'll say, "Well, well, what about what about this?" I'm like, "I, I don't, I don't know. Yes. I don't care." Uh, I, just, I get the same thing from Lisa. By the way, it was interesting because uh, it allows me to classify you as a, as a woman um, because then if I don't try hard enough then I'm in deeper trouble oh, yeah. oh really oh yeah I sit there too in, in these times and I sit there and just like try to pry my ears open I concentrate you know what she what is it she really I'm, wants I'm listening, here? I'm listening yeah. hard you know <laughs> then you get that look of you know that starts to make her mad because just in trying to listen hard you start to look like you're not listening or something it, it's a vicious <laughs> well, it makes her feel threatened that yeah. you're paying attention to her yeah and you're staring her in the eyes yeah. and you're listening hard <laughs> trying not to blink yeah. or break a sweat I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. William Shatner, quite simply one of the most recognizable men on this planet and probably a few other planets for that matter. Anyone out there is paying attention to what goes on down here. Captain James T. Kirk. That was Bill's uh, obviously biggest star role, part of the entertainment phenomenon that while only on the network for three seasons made Star Trek a franchise that endured for over 40 years, spawning many series, movies, books, conventions, collectibles. He followed his time in the captain's chair with T.J. Hooker, Rescue 911, and currently the hit ABC show, Boston Legal, where he plays Denny Crane. Was I supposed to fill in there? I was hoping you might. I, I, I heard this pause, and since we don't know each other, I thought, is he expecting me to say... Denny Crane. Denny Crane. Thank you. And if, he, and if he isn't, am I interrupting something grand that he's planned? I actually have more grand introduction, and I know you enjoy that, so let me... Let me <laughs> you continuing on? Let me continue yeah. on. Where, no more. Where he plays Denny Crane so... Uh, so He plays Denny Crane so well, and I want to say this, by the way, because some people have accused you occasionally of not being able to act. Not, not me. Uh, he plays Denny Crane so well... <laughs> That you forget that this great actor ever flew a starship. And that's amazing. It's a trick that Leonard Nimoy could never pull off. Because <laughs> well, he never flew it. I didn't know. <laughs> like you? There you go. Like no, that. you can't have the keys. Yeah. Le- Leonard in a courtroom would still be Spock up there uh, <laughs> deliberating. It would be awful. It's now, not a competition. I know, I know, I know. You guys are friends. We could tell from the roast. How you doing, uh, uh, William Chad? Really well. Thank you so much. It's interesting you should talk about Star Trek because it's the 40th anniversary. 
And and I was in uh, Las Vegas uh, a little while ago doing a convention, and there fifteen thousand people turned out, and that absolutely blew my mind because that hasn't happened in years. I think there's a whole new resurgence of uh, interest in uh, in Star Trek. I think uh, generations from now, when you, when James Tiberius Kirk is you know. Long dead. I don't want to. I don't want to say. No, no just no, just no. a head on a platter. <laughs> you'll be you'll be a head you strapped to one of those yeah. Uh, yeah, floating around yeah. somewhere. I'll get Flashing back to you, Bob. Things. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, you you are. Uh, Mike, come up with some good questions here. You are the oldest living member of Star Trek, and it's so accomplished. No, no, no. Uh, uh, is older than I am. Isn't is he? he really? Hold oh, on a second. Oh God, he looks older than I am. Mike, you asked the question, right? Yes, oldest living male member because oh, Yeoman for... Yeoman uh, uh, Rand is actually a little bit older. William, would you tell is him? Really? Would you tell him to get a life? Get a life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You rather than get a life, get a book. There you go, baby. My get a book complete. called uh, uh, Captain's uh, Glory, uh, which is the uh, latest edition of um, of the books that I've been writing about Captain Kirk. And and that's what I was telling the people, these uh, 15,000 people uh, who gathered uh, in, in Las Vegas. Uh, Captain's Glory is, is the newest book uh, that I've written uh, about the adventures of Captain Kirk. And it's a love story, and it's an adventure story. It's a great read. It's been well-received, and I hope your audience will... Uh, will uh, go out and, uh, and buy it at a, at a local bookstore. And, and the other thing, that I, I, this is something that is unbelievable. I was with some friends from the Tahiti Village, and they told me if I'm talking to anybody on the radio, that to tell them to if they're interested in getting a complimentary three-day, two-night two stay, that's free, call 888-30-GO-NOW. Eight 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 thirty go now. We're going to say I, that I, over I and over. I can't believe it. Yeah, uh, that they would offer something like that. And we're just going to uh, keep repeating that number for the rest of the day. That's by the in way. Tahiti. What? That's, That's in Tahiti. Tahiti. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, the Tahiti Village. I had to assume. The Tahiti Village, like uh, they beam you like, there, Joe, uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, okay. there, you go. there we go. It's yeah. a whole Las Vegas vacation for okay. nothing. I can't now believe you it. So, talking have your about. audience call that number and uh, and uh, check it out because it really works. William Shatner, you are uh, also, in addition to the acting, obviously one of the most famous pitchmen going. Uh, no, I don't. I hate oh, that come term. On. What well, does that mean, pitchman? Well, you're calling us to talk about it. It sounds show. like a snake. Uh, I'm calling to tell you about Star Trek. Ah. And, uh, and, and the, the time show is just a yeah. handy tip. No, but I mean, you're, you're very good at it. Um, you made, you launched Priceline, right? You still work with those guys? Yeah, actually, uh, I do, and uh, just uh, been talking about it in the last few days. It was great. And, uh, and, and you're doing the timeshare thing. Now, I want to ask you, you obviously love it. You love doing that, and you love uh, what you're pitching, because you don't need the money, please. No, who needs the money? You don't need anything. That's right. Nobody needs, you don't need that kind of thing. You've got those fat stogies with James Spader that you smoke every... They make me sick now. You don't like it? Well, it, you know what aversion therapy is? Uh -huh. You know, you do something so much, you, you, you uh, try and uh, avoid it. Uh, they've got, I used to love cigars. You know, an occasional cigar, you smoke it, you taste the earth... You taste the, the the beauty of the of the way it's made, and and you just sort of enjoy everything about a cigar. Well, if you smoke twenty in an hour, that's aversion therapy, uh, and that's what they got us doing. So we're both sort of like enough already. Uh, you and Spader have an on on uh, the set chemistry that's undeniable. You guys are really good friends too. 
Yeah, we really like each other. Uh, he's a he's a hell of a guy. I'm in my dressing room right now. Yes. And uh, people knock on the door and want to come in, and, and I don't know what they're doing. Uh, did you hear that knock, by the way? I didn't hear it. No. Oh, yeah, no, that's good. Um, so uh, uh, yes, on the set at Boston Legal is a it's a love fest. We're there's no war here. And uh, and we all get on and uh, and and, and uh, not not a little due to the fact that uh, everybody loves what they're doing. It's it's a great uh, it's a great uh, script uh, that comes down every week and everybody enjoys it. What kind of writers come up with that stuff? Well, that's, that's David uh, Kelly. It's David Kelly that gets the premise going. David Kelly uh, is the genius behind all this, and he is a genius. Uh, he's written uh, all kinds of shows, uh, and I think got an Emmy for uh, Ally McBeal and The Practice on the same year, one for comedy and one for drama in the same year, and he wrote all the shows. I mean, what kind of a mind is that? How grateful are you that, you know, a Gene Roddenberry, a David Kelly, I mean, clearly... You, I, I don't know how much of it you picked, probably David Kelly, but Gene Roddenberry may have been uh, just a great cosmic, uh, you know, accident or, or a piece of luck, right? <laughs> well, everything is luck. Everything, everything is luck. It's all a roll of the dice, man. It's that's speaking of the roll of the dice. Yeah, there, isn't there a cool timeshare that we can get a free stay at? <laughs> You'll never make a pitch, man. I'm terrible. No, you're out. Uh, there isn't. I don't know what this timeshare thing is. I'm telling you, these are friends of yours, that, right? That yeah. that a three day, two night stay for free. I'd call right now. Eight 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 thirty go now. Just go get it, man. Eight 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 thirty go now. We're going to put that on our web uh, That's website. That's a good idea because you'll make yeah. a lot of friends. You get a lot of permanent listeners if you if you uh, play that number because it, it's it really happens. One thing I got to ask you too, William. Here in Seattle, we have a, a lot of Star Trek fans, including one of the the biggest. And your chair, yeah. The Nobody sits in my chair. Well, I was wondering about that because we have the Space Needle, and right below it sits Captain James T. Kirk's chair, the original one from the series. Oh, is that right? Bought yep. by Paul Allen. Paul Allen bought it for the museum. And I know he's had to call you and beg know. you no, to no, come. I try to get a hold of Paul Allen several times, and he, he never uh, calls me back. I don't know why. Oh, I know uh, he he wants you to Paul come Allen. sit in that chair. Maybe maybe it's because the chair isn't real. I think he'll call you today. No, I think you better call. <laughs> William Shatner, uh, good, best of everything. Congratulations on fantastic work. Thank you so much work. for uh, talking to me and uh, and uh, letting me tell you about uh, my book. All right, got it. Bye bye. It's got to be a friend of his who's the developer of that timeshare. It's yeah, got to be. You got to. He doesn't. He owns the penthouse. You don't call Captain Kirk and say, I'd like you to pitch my timeshare. I'd like a free penthouse apartment for life. Forever. You didn't do your impression. I for couldn't. Me. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like asking Lincoln, hey, want to see me free some people? Watch me do this. This is great.
Searching how to leave Deep away inside. with nothing about the things I said Find the corner where I can hide Silent footsteps crowding me Sudden darkness where I can see No sugar tonight 